The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, great to have you company. Welcome to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And probably the big story for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, is that the Perth Glory have their third owners in their 27-year history. Of course, in the last 11 weeks, there have been on the search, that is the Australian professional leagues that run the A-League, have been on the search for a new set of owners to take over from Tony Sage, who relinquished the licence some weeks ago. And, of course, that happened about July of this year, and the APL appointed receivers to manage the transition of Perth's Glory's licence to new owners. And the announcement came this afternoon that Prime Land Group led consortium as announced as the new owners of the very proud Perth Glory Football Club. And I thank him very much for his time. But the chairman-elect and owner, John Nekic, is about to join us on the program. John, thanks for your time. More than welcome. Thank you for your time. And congratulations on acquiring what we believe is a fantastic sporting organisation here on the west coast of Australia in the Perth Glory. Um, tell us about, certainly, your consortium and what you hope to get out of the Perth Glory going forward. As I mentioned, there's only been three owners, including yourselves, in the history of the Glory Football Club. Absolutely, yeah. Um, look, in, t- in simple terms, and I'll keep it, keep it brief, I suppose, we... Uh, I personally will speak for myself and Rob. Um, I've, I've got over 45 years involvement in this game. So um, from from back in the old days, and I say old days that you may be like, we all know the old NSL system um, where I played. I was a board member. I saw the transition, obviously, through the A-leg, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I'm, I'm one of those that's really always been bullish about the A-leg. I'm a big supporter. Um, I'm really confident with the current structure uh, the uh, Danny Townsend, the APL, Paul Letterer, and, and and the rest of the owners. So, so we're on an upward spiral. We're really passionate. I'm, I'm, um, we're a little different, I suppose. We'll be hands on. I'll be personally hands on. So we're not investors. We're actual owners, and I think that's a key factor uh, to to ensure that we succeed. I like you have have had a lot of passion about Perth Glory over the years. I've seen them thrive and prosper um, from afar. I've known some of the players there. Um, I think absolutely. I mean, we're we're so excited because it's a unique opportunity. You know, we all we're all aware there's one team in the state, so you know we're we're going to make it work, uh, and that's really important. So, so some of the things or the key things that we might do a little bit differently um, is is you know my passion for youth development. I've always been involved there. I've been involved at some current A League clubs um, in the setup and development of the youth systems, both for boys and girls. Um, so they're both vital and important. And the pathways. We want to make sure that we've got some Perth talent coming through the system. That's paramount for success. You know, we are not interested in in recycling players at a large scale. We won't be. Um, our mantra will be WA first. 
Well, it's very exciting. Uh, John, you mentioned you've had a long involvement in the game and perhaps you can also tell us a bit about uh, Robert as well, uh, who is also the, the Perth Glory owner right. and his background. But firstly, yourself, you said you've been involved in the game a long time. We know about the the halcyon days of the Perth Glory in the old NSL where they were the big attraction, pulling 18,000 people at then uh, Perth Oval. And we'd love those days to return. It's going to be a slow build, I gather. But tell us about the consortium and also a bit about yourself and your involvement in the game and why you're so passionate about the game. Yeah, look, Rob. Rob's a personal friend, so it always makes it easier. He's a business associate, but also a personal friend. So... Um, we got together a couple of years ago, um, predominantly because of my involvement in another A-League club. Um, and Rob, Rob's been a sports lover uh, and got to know the game a lot more. Um, he's got he's got huge international links. I've got a lot through the soccer world. Rob's got a lot through the business world. So we work together really well. Um, so it's, it's Rob, just, just there, it's uh, Robert Bridge. Is that the way you pronounce his surname? Yeah, Bridge. Robert right. Bridge. Okay. Correct. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, hand in hand, we sort of complement each other. So we're both passionate. We saw the opportunity. We flew out to Perth. Um, I've got an affiliation with Perth. My sister married a Perth gentleman many, many years ago. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time, a lot of time in Perth. We've got friends and family in Perth. So uh, we're both very well aware of Perth um, from a business perspective and a personal perspective. As an owner, I'll be, I'll be in Perth. Um, running the club alongside, obviously, Anthony, our current CEO. Um, so we're not looking at making significant changes, obviously, early on. We'll sit down, we'll, we'll review, um, as we would with any other business, um, and take into account some changes as we go. But what's really important for us is getting the infrastructure right, because, you know, if we go through the history, even current A-League, there are certain teams that will win the title and then fall apart the year after. We want to build something consistent and powerful at Perth, Perth Glory, and it deserves it. You know, we go back to the old Gary Morocchi days. You know, mm. I remember the excitement. I remember the crowds in Perth, right? And I know they're there. You know, Nick Tanner, you know, his ownership, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I go back through the history. I, I, like I said, if, if we weren't bullish, if we weren't confident, uh, we wouldn't be here. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I hope my passion comes through. Because that's one of the key things, and one of the one of the points of difference. We are we are really passionate. So, from a business perspective, we're quite successful. Robert runs a lot of developments, a lot of diverse projects across the world. Um, I've also got a lot of entrepreneurial um, background, I suppose, for better terms. But the passion's always been football. I started as an eight-year-old in this country, um, in the old Melbourne Croatia that, that mm. then turned into the Melbourne Knights. So it's still one of my one of my, my, my most enjoyable clubs to watch and attend. But in saying that, like I said, I've, I've always believed in the A-League. Since its inception, um, I think we can do great things together. But I think one of the key things, and, and that's why I'm so excited, because the current A-League structure, and like, like I said, from Danny Townsend and Paul Letterer and Scott Barlow and, and all the guys there, Jason, and um, we're all moving in the right direction. It's uh, interesting what you... I think in the long term. Well, your passion is coming through, John, and I compliment you on that. Uh, you're saying you'll base yourself in Perth, even though, as we know yourself and Rob, perceivably are based in Melbourne. You will spend time here in Perth to make sure, and you said at the top of the interview, to be very hands-on with the operation. 
Absolutely. That's one of the key things. I mean, if we were just going to be investors all the way from Melbourne, um, you know, and we sat here and thought it would work, it's it's not going to work in simple terms, right? Because we've got key stakeholders. We have to be there, right? One of the, one of the really exciting things was really the fact that state government has have, have stepped up significantly. And I don't say stepped up. I mean, they've always been there, obviously, but our conversations have been so fruitful. Council, Venues West, Football West. Um, the club in general, everyone's been forthcoming and giving. Now, um, it'd be crazy for me to sit in Melbourne and think things will happen, notwithstanding we've got a staff there and a good staff, but it's important for us to, to be there. It's important for me to be present. Um, I want a lot of community interaction. Uh, we want to develop academies. We want to develop pathways. We want to develop a centre of excellence. We want to We want to look into the venues, obviously, alongside the government. Um, at the moment, you know, you're, you're more, more aware than I am. Obviously, it's a very, very um, unworkable situation with, with the club across many venues, from the women's team to the boys' team to the academies. We're running out of, of various venues, and, and, and it doesn't work. Mm. So we need, we need to do something better as, as, as a club. But then we, we need the community involvement. So I want to work with the MPL clubs and the community clubs because... I, I want the kids to be aspirations to work, you know, to play for Perth glory, but we obviously need to give back. Interesting. Uh, John, the thing is with the previous owner, we know that Tony Sage uh, was in control in some shape or form solely for a long period of time, but it was about a 17-year involvement, and he had to yeah. put a lot of his own personal money to support the club. People say you can't make money out of the Perth glory. Have you got a different uh, vision on how it can become a profitable entity with now Prime Land Group, the owners? Look, it's, it, it's an interesting thing. If, if, if it was purely about money, and I say this hand on heart, we'd still property development. A lot easier. So if you're not invested in the game and you see the long-term proposition and the excitement through the period, then you don't really invest in it. And I think in the past, to be blatantly honest, a lot of people have come in thinking, oh, they're going to make money. They're not, they're not football people. And then a few years later, they fall apart. Tony Sage obviously had a long stint there and, and, and exceptional time there. So um, we're not here to speak about him because I don't know Tony personally, but, you know, I'll always take my hat off to whoever steps up and takes an opportunity or takes a risk for that matter. For us, for us, we, t- we see it as a long-term goal. Um, the outcome may be that financially we, we are looking to stabilise the club, no doubt about that, um, but it's not all about the money. I know it sounds weird, but it's not. We, we make money in different ways through our other organisations. Um, if we weren't invested, and like I said, one of, one of the key things for me throughout my period in football, and I've been a chairman of, of other clubs and whatnot, is when one of the youngsters comes along to me, and I, I had that recently, I had a 22-year-old boy who was one of the clubs. Now he's sitting on a committee at one of the local clubs, and he said, you sort of inspired me through the period that I was with you, and now I'm doing what I'm doing. So we're there to we're there to assist the parents and the system to create a good community, right? And whatever that means, we we don't think every player will will make the Perth Glory cut, and that's okay. But if they become supporters or administrators or lovers of the game, uh, that's what's important to us. So you know, I'm not going to sit here or stand here and say, oh, we're, we're happy to 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 lose money hand on hand on foot. But what we will say is that we, we're well aware and we're prepared to invest where necessary, yeah, which is really important. 
My information suggests it was a sought-after bid uh, to get the licence of the Perth Glory. I, I thought there was about seven bidders, so you no doubt have come out on top, and there's reasons that you've come out on top. But two things, and I've been certainly following the game since its inception, when the Perth Glory played their very first game in the old NSL against Sydney Olympic all those years ago, is there's been times where they felt that the A-League club didn't connect with the community. Now, you've uh, mentioned that. And the other one is about keeping its legacy and honouring the people that have made the club over the years. We're talking about the past players. You mentioned Gary Marocchi, the inaugural coach. But, gee, the glory have provided some great entertainment for many years with some great players. Are you looking to reconnect those past players with the club? 100%. 100%. That's our history. You know, that's our fabric. I, I, I find it astounding when many clubs alienate their past heroes. You know, uh, I just don't understand it personally. Um, we'll definitely get get the past players back, without a doubt. We will definitely look at the history of Perth Glory, and, and, and I'm excited by that. You know, we need to promote that. We need to show what Perth Glory was, you know, and, and we'll get back to. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm excited for all, for all those reasons. Um, and we talk about that alienation between the A-League and the NPL systems or community clubs. Uh, very well aware of that. And, and, you know, both sides have reasons and justifiable reasons. We need to work with them to make sure we bridge that gap. And I understand those reasons. I've been a part of the system for so long. So, you know, whether it be through Football Victoria, Football Australia and, and at Clubland, I've, I've heard I've been a part of all of that. So very, very well aware. So we're under no illusions as to how difficult it will be. It's a tough ride, but we're, we're, we're damn well prepared, you know, and we're, we're sort of raring to go. Yeah, we're excited. And uh, there's already people sort of uh, getting in contact with us here at SENWA through the state, quite excited. And uh, uh, just mentioning your passion and your excitement in your voice, John Nakich, it's going to be quite an exciting ride. And uh, when will you first be visiting and maybe introducing yourself to the the fans to the people here that support Perth Glory. I know reportedly that uh, the formal completion is scheduled to take place in early November. So what is your now plan in relation uh, to meeting its stakeholders, that is the Perth Glory stakeholders? Well, to give you, I suppose that's probably the biggest question mark right now as as an exact date, because exactly what you said, we don't officially take over, so we're not in a position where we can do that. Um, So... We have a potential date, sort of early November. Uh, prior to that, we'll probably come out just to do some DD in the club and get to know some people. Um, but I'd say officially it'll be that time, uh, which is respectful, obviously, of the APL and the structure and quarter mentor who've been involved as receivers. So uh, we, we've got to take the legal grounds in respect to that. But like I said, you know, if they said tomorrow, I'd be there. Absolutely. <laughs> Good on you, John. Congratulations. Exciting times for the Perth Glory uh, with Primeland Group, but led consortium announces the new owners of the Perth Glory Football Club. We wish you the best of luck. I think you'll enjoy um, Western Australia and what it has to offer. We've seen it with uh, past sporting events. Uh, when you get people behind it, they support it, and they support it in great numbers. And we wish you the best of luck, and we look forward to formally meeting you in uh, the next few weeks. No, likewise, and thank you again for your time. And please, the final message for all the members, supporters, Get behind us.
will make the difference, trust me. Good on you. John Nakich there, the uh, brand-new chairman-elect and owner of the Perth Glory, joining us here on Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And that is... uh, the big story today for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. And don't forget, later on in the program, we'll bring you up to date with what happened in the AFL trade period today. Uh, it all finishes tomorrow for Continental Tyres. Now, yesterday on the program, we spoke about AFLW and where it's going on the back end of the comments made by Michael Pryor, the West Coast Eagles AFLW coach. Well, a lady that's right across it is Eliza Riley, works for Code Sports, journalist, sports writer. And we're going to talk to her about the fallout from Michael Pryor's comments and whether the AFLW competition is starting to falter. Uh, I mentioned some of the attendances and people that are going to see the game. Certainly, it's not growing from an attendance perspective. Is it a case of maybe the competition with 18 teams is not the right fix at the moment. Anyway, we'll talk to Eliza Riley on the other side of the break here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. One past five, wherever you may be listening around Western Australia. This is Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos here on the SENWA Network. 21 past five. We spoke about the AFLW competition yesterday, and in particular, the comments of Michael Pryor, the West Coast Eagles AFLW coach, and the fallout to that. And I thought, let's let's take it a step further and speak to an individual that's right across the AFLW, has for a number of years, now is a journalist and sports writer for Code Sports. Eliza Riley is the person we're referring to, and Eliza has made her time available here on the program this afternoon. Eliza, thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thanks, Pete. It's been quite the 24 hours in WLAN, so excited to get stuck into it. Your initial reaction when you heard Michael Pryor's comments after the West Coast Eagles were well beaten by Nam at the weekend? Bit of disbelief, if I'm honest, um, because you look at the comments in isolation and you think about that, you know, it is a 10-round season and the reality is that not every team's going to play each other once. So on an external sort of, you know, very bird's-eye view of it, you think, OK, that's probably a fair point he's making. But then you dig a little bit deeper into the genesis of what Pye was the point he was trying to make. And the reality is that West Coast have been handed pretty much the easiest draw out of any team in the AFLW. They've only won the one game so far in seven rounds and they've faced only three of the finalists from last year, which is the lowest amount of any team in the comp um, coming up against those teams who made the top eight last year. So the reality is that the comments were completely unfounded and the Eagles simply had to do better with the draw they've got. And uh, if you were a pragmatic AFLW coach, you'd be you're sort of embracing the opportunity to test yourself against the best of the best, which we know is Melbourne being the reigning premiers. It's max of desperation, that comment. Uh, would it be fair to say that the Eagles have been a disappointment again in the early part of this season and we, and we expected a bit more, hence 
maybe some of the comments made by Michael Pryor were from a desperate individual? Absolutely. The Eagles um, should have done better this season. They very, very start back a few months ago before the season even started. Some of their key members of their program, like Emma Swanson, their captain, declared that we want to be a team that's going to be making finals this year. We believe we're at that stage of our development where we're going to be making the top eight. And then to come out and lose your first five games, you know, sort of barely scrape over the top of Port Adelaide, who were an expansion side last year. And, you know, the only team below you currently on the ladder is the Western Bulldogs. It's, it's not good enough what we've seen from West Coast this season, and they've acknowledged that. But it's the fact that, you know, these comments are, you know, I don't know whether there was an attempt to sort of distract from the loss they just suffered. But the reality is that the Eagles have been in the comp since 2020 now. Um, the three sides who came into the league alongside them that season, I think Kilda, Richmond and Gold Coast, and all three of those sides have made the finals already or in St Kilda's case, look like they might make a run this season. So... When you stack them up against what they came into the competition alongside, we expect more from the Eagles. And you look at the Eagles, 106,000 members, yet their attendances are just over 1,000 at Mineral Resources Park. We know everybody loves a winner. But your thoughts on the people that are coming out, and I think Frio in their previous game at Fremantle got about 2,000 people. We're now uh, certainly into the AFLW competition by a number of seasons. Are you expecting and did you expect more people to go to their games? It's a funny one with the AFLW games. There sort of seems to be a bit of separation between AFL men's fans and W fans. There seems to be not much correlation or crossover between those two fan bases and We'd hoped it would have grown a bit bigger by now. And you look back a few seasons sort of before COVID and we were getting some pretty big crowds at AFLW games in Perth, sort of edging towards that 3,000, 4,000 mark. So it has dropped off a little bit and I'm not sure whether it has been to do with the August time slot. But the other interesting thing this year is the AFLW is actually handing the revenue of ticket sales and you know, attendances back to clubs for the very first time. So previously that revenue has gone straight back into the AFLW. But now the incentive is with clubs to attract members to their games and get members through the gate. So obviously whatever they're doing isn't quite ticking that box. But at the same time, as you mentioned, everyone loves a winner. And I'm not sure people are going to want to pay their money to go and watch the Eagles get smacked by 70 Mm. points or... Obviously, struggling a little bit towards the back end of the ladder as well. Certainly, I've been watching a bit of the AFLW in recent weeks, and I must confess, uh, certainly the skill standards improve exponentially, and so is the scoring. But, Eliza, is there a problem in relation to some very strong sides, uh, powerful sides like Melbourne, like North Melbourne, and they're kicking big scores? And of course, there's another division where the West Coast Eagles, and to a certain degree, Fremantle slipping into that the division where the ladder is split into the teams that are going well, the top half and the bottom half, that's still got a lot of work to do. And the question is, was 18 teams going to 18 teams now on reflection, maybe one where they maybe should have been a bit more reserved in growing the competition so quickly? It's a big ticket question, isn't it? Because, you know, you do look at the ladder and there are teams who clearly are a cut above and that has been the case for several seasons now. And the reality is that if we expanded to 18 teams any later than we would have, 
this problem would have basically been picked up and kicked down the road a few years. Um, so in that sense, it, it was really sort of unavoidable because if you left it any later, the teams that are at the top of the ladder currently would have got even stronger and that gap would have been even bigger in a few years' time. But what we do know is there is a lot of talent coming through the ranks now and girls who have played football their whole lives instead of being cross-coders or being told that they can't play women's footy at a certain age and being, you know, sort of forced to assess their options. Those girls, there's now a clear pathway from the sort of very early ages of their life through to the top-level leagues. So once we do start to see a bit more of that talent come through the door, the quality of the league is only going to get better and better. And at the same time, you know, the ASL has been very proactive in trying to establish concessions for the teams who have struggled so far and trying to get the level of the competition to a very competitive state. So it will take a bit of time, unfortunately, but for those clubs at the very top, they've got to embrace it while it lasts. Yeah, you make a lot of sense. That's why we've got you on the program, Eliza. Thank you very much for spending some moments with us and uh, we wait and see where Michael Price sits with all this. Uh, certainly the statement came out yesterday and we'll see how the West Coast Eagles bounce back this weekend. We appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good on you. Eliza Riley joining us here on Sports Day WA. Now for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Just a couple of uh, little bits here. Australian captain Meg Lanning has fired up at England star Nat uh, Skyver Brunt's decision to avoid the WBBL draft following her to land at the Perth Scorchers. Uh, last played in the WBBL in 2021, the English star. But Lanning's Melbourne stars, uh, well, uh, she was a member of that side previously. Uh, and the world number one ranked ODI batter also played for the stars during the first two WBBL seasons. She made herself available for the competition draft in September instead of pulling out with a knee injury. And then all of a sudden, uh, she's now pushed to play for the Scorchers in the upcoming tournament after her England teammate, Danny White, pulled out because of fatigue. And Lanning said, as a club, as the Stars, I certainly feel like we didn't get the chance to exercise our retention rights that we would have had she nominated for the draft instead of coming in this way. And Eddie Jones is committed to coaching the Wallabies despite speculation about his future after Australia's disappointing performance at the Rugby World Cup in France. We're going to take a break. That update for Polaris plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1000 EPS plus cut get $1,000 free accessories. It's 5.30 here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Very shortly, uh, a bit of uh, soccer on the program today. We've spoken to uh, the part owner or joint owner, the Perth Glory chairman-elect and owner... John Nakic on the program at the top of the show and a very short to speak to Neil Kilkenny who played with the Perth Glory, stormed out of the club and then went to play at Western United uh, where they had success. He's returned to Perth and he's going to play with Sorrento who got relegated from the NPL. So we're going to go through his career a bit and uh, find out the reasons uh, why he's come back uh, West. He's going to join us in just a moment. Lisa of Ellenbrook says, hi Pete and team, totally agree with Eliza. 
I always value her comments on air and her segments in the West. Well, she's now for Code Sports. This is the Eagles' fourth year, and they don't seem to show any improvement. All right, uh, let's have a look at the trade details today for Irrigir. Now, Irrigir is here to save time and water. Lockie Schultz has spoken very briefly. He was um, basically nabbed by Channel 10 in Melbourne, and this is what he had to say about uh, joining Collingwood. Always hated the fires growing up, um, as do a lot of people who don't support the fires, I guess, uh, in Melbourne. Always hated the fires growing up, um, as do a lot of people. There you go. It just seems to be looping. But he didn't like the pies, but now he's a Collingwood player. Uh, David Walls, of course, the head of uh, list uh, management at the Fremantle Dockers, says and was asked the question if they are gathering picks for a raid on Sydney's Logan McDonald. Yeah, that's part of our list management strategy is, is tracking all West Australians and particularly the quality ones and, and ones that are starting to come out of contract. So, yeah, Logan clearly fits that uh, criteria. Um, but there's also yeah, many other West Australians in the comp as well that we're, we're tracking really closely and would love to bring back. And, yeah, we'll really be targeting specific needs from this point on. Um, like I said, I feel like we've got a really strong core group um, that, are, that are locked away and committed long term. And we will be targeting uh, specific needs to, to really uh, round out the list in the next 12 months. And, of course, former Docker Liam Henry is now at the Saints and he was asked why he chose St Kilda. Um, just to reconnect with Ross, I think, um, obviously, he was there when I was a part of the NGA and um, at Frio. And I uh, think, yeah, reconnecting with him and seeing um, and hearing his story of why he wanted to come back to coaching and um, all the rest of it and, obviously, the, um, the change and... Them playing finals this year, I think um, was, he was a big part of um, why they got to where they got to this year. And um, obviously Bradley Hill as well. Um, he he was really a good a good source that I can lean on to um, obviously get an insight of what the club was like and what the atmosphere, what um, the culture and um, how um, they operate in the in the four wards is really what got me over the line. And I think I couldn't be more happier. And, Reconnecting with um, the, with them too has really helped me um, helped me decide what I needed to do and what, where my future was heading. Oh well, we'll see how he goes in his second AFL club with St Kilda. Another news: Collins' backflip on Jack Ginnivan was the biggest story in some ways of the day, and he'll be a massive watch tomorrow as he explores a move away from the Pies. Now Shane McAdam has joined Melbourne, while Paddy Dow and Nick Cofield uh, will also land at the new clubs in a complicated four-club trade. But there was no movement for Port Adelaide and Hawthorne on their potential targets today. And Stephen King won't be part of Damien Hardwick's coaching staff at the Gold Coast Suns. Instead, he's switching back to the club where he made his name, the 2007 Premiership player who stepped into the hot seat after Stuart Jew's sacking this year has left Gold Coast to join Geelong as an assistant. Just some of the news from the footy world, thanks to Irrigear, that offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Well, as I said, the big story today was the fact that the Australian Professional League named Prime Land Group, led consortium as the new owner of the Perth Glory Football Club. As we know, in July 2023, the APL appointed receivers, 
to manage the transition of Perth Glory's licence to new owners. And at the conclusion of the 11-week process, Primeland Group, an Australian-based development group specialising in asset management, was identified as the successful bidder. Uh, They've got a very diverse portfolio of work that includes real estate, hotels, business parks, luxury residential developments, private equity, movies and media production. And uh, speaking to their chairman-elect, John uh, Nakic, uh, he's looking forward to settling here in Perth and very much having a hands-on involvement with the Perth Glory. So we wish them the best of luck. As we know, the Perth Glory, that is the men's team, make their debut this Sunday. It's a doubleheader at HBF Park. Uh, The first match is the A-League women's match between the Perth Glory and the Newcastle Jets. And the Glory women started very well last weekend, last Saturday night at Macedonia Park. They recorded a 2-0 victory over the grand finalists of last year in Western United. And they take on the Newcastle Jets at home. So two home games to start the A-League women's campaign for the Perth Glory. And the doubleheader then will be followed 4.45 kickoff on Sunday afternoon. The conditions will be quite mild, actually. So it'll be a great day as Perth Glory, under their brand-new coach and their brand-new striker with Alan Stadjic, the new head coach, uh, will be leading the Perth Glory side out onto the park. Co-captains Mark Beavers and, as we know, Adam Taggart will lead the side this season as they take on the Newcastle Jets. So there's something to look forward to. And also the Premier League returns this weekend. And as you've heard, you can listen to the EPL Saturday and Sunday nights here on SEN. And we also focus on all the Tottenham Hotspur games as well. Tomorrow, by the way, uh, Damien Martin is on holidays for the next three days. So I'll be on with Hayes from around about 3 o'clock, 3 to 5, the run home. And then that is Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And then we've got sports day between 5 and 6. So you've got three hours of Lajos, if you can handle that, um, of course, from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. No, no ching ching, Jimmy or Hayden. No ching ching whatsoever. But we've got the final day of trade tomorrow, so we'll do a full trade wrap with Hayes, who's been right across it in the run home. Don't forget that Beaumont Dials is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game. Worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. TNCs do apply. On the other side of the break, I'll speak to a man that uh, you probably know from his days at the Perth Glory, but he stormed out of the club. Wasn't a happy man when enjoyed Western United. Well, he's back in Perth. He's retired from the A-League. We'll find out what he's doing next. Neil Kilkenny will join us here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos here this afternoon. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. On the afternoon that the APL announced the Primeland Group-led uh, consortium as the new owners of the Perth Glory Football Club after an 11-week process. We speak to one of Perth Glory's players. He spent a number of seasons at the Glory, a well-travelled soccer professional, and he's returning back to football here in WA, but not in the A-League. 
who were playing with Sorrento, who, by the way, were relegated from the NPL this season to the second tier of football in Perth, Western Australia. The man that I'm talking about is Neil Kilkenny, and he joins us on the program now. Hi, Neil. Hi, Peter. How are you? Good. Uh, I was quite surprised, actually, when I saw your name. Sorrento sent out a release saying Neil Kilkenny has joined the Seagulls for next season. But it's not in the NPL. As we know, they're playing in the second tier of uh, local football. How come you decided to play there? Uh, the people. Uh, when I moved to Melbourne with Western United, the um, the family stayed here in Perth. So it was um, being away from the, the kids and my wife for, for two years. It was uh, time for me to put my professional professional head away in, in the tent and uh, get back to the family. Are you content in relation to your A-League? If it wasn't for the family based here in Perth where you left your wife and your four kids, could you have played another season? Yeah, I feel probably physically I could play for a couple more seasons, if I'm honest. Um, but I, I'd, like I said, I had to go over each day, you know, they knew my situation. But uh, there was no nibble sort of thing. So, um, you know, um, I didn't want to go over each, like I said, because of the family situation. So... Yeah, I'm content. You know, I've won everything in the A League for the Cafe Cup, the Grand Final, and the and the league. So these things, I you have to move on. And when Sorrento come asking me to play, it was uh, it was fantastic to get involved. Were you sorry that the uh, the Perth Glory stint away ended the way it uh, was? I suppose, given your personal circumstances, you would like to probably have finished your career at the Perth Glory. It would have been nice, you know. Um, and like you said, it was a bit unfortunate the way I left, uh, you know. But if I'm honest, I'm not the only one as well. So that's um, it's one of them things. So um, this is football. You move on. And luckily, I went to Western United and it was a, it was a fantastic experience um, and successful. Yeah, and that's what footballers want. They want to have success. And you had uh, certainly club success with Western United. You played at Melbourne City, uh, Perth Glory and Western United. How did you see your time in the A-League overall? Yeah, it was good. It was enjoyable. I had a you know, um, an idea of coming back when I was 30 um, to see what Australian football was about. Um, and like I said, the, the aim was to win everything. Um, and I was fortunate enough to go to West, uh, you know, Melbourne City and win something. So, and then obviously Perth Glory and then Western United. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm content with that. And the rental have offered me an opportunity to go into coaching now with Gary. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I've always been interested in coaching uh, from such a young age to about 24, I've always wanted to coach. Yeah, as you mentioned, Steve McGarry, the former assistant coach at the Perth Glory, now is the coach of the Sorrento Football Club. When you look at uh, yourself, Neil, you represented three countries internationally, England as a youth international, the Republic of Ireland, and even Australia at under 23, and of course, uh, Socceroos level. Uh, I don't think I've met, seen many individuals that have represented three countries. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually interesting because um, I was at Arsenal as a kid, and Liam Brady um, was the head of um, football development there, the academy there, and uh, he asked me to play for Ireland. He was, I was people don't know who Liam Brady was. He was one of Arsenal's best ever players. Uh, he was Irish, and he wanted me to play for uh, Ireland, and so because um, I had Irish background uh, with my grandparents, but. Um, yeah, I did that for, it was only 10 minutes, but it was a good experience. And then I had the opportunity to bring them as well. And, and then I had to make a decision at senior level and Australia comes in and then I made that decision, which is a fantastic experience. Was it a difficult decision for you? As you mentioned, you were born in England and I think your wife was born there as well, yet you decided to wear the green and gold. 
yeah, I always had fond memories of uh, of Australia, you know, uh, growing up here in Brisbane, and um, and that's probably one of the reasons why I love Perth so much because it's a very similar similar lifestyle uh, to what I lived in Brisbane, and obviously to what I and it's obviously very different from what I I lived in uh, I lived in Melbourne, so. Um, that's why we love that so much. Well, in the end, uh, you're playing football once more, as we mentioned, with uh, Sorrento. And no doubt the main aim is to get Sorrento back into the top flight of local football. It's quite a shock, actually, to see Sorrento relegated from the NPL. Yeah, I'm obviously watching, um, you know, and seeing it. It's not far from my house, so um, I try and take an interest as much as I can. So uh, when Sorrento come, and I know that they're local, and I heard what happened, um, you know, it was, it was brilliant to get involved, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying to help Sorrento and digging the garage as a player, but as, as well as an assistant to, to try and get the club back to where they belong. Yeah, good on you, mate. Well, thanks for spending some time with us and congratulations on signing with Sorrento. No doubt you'll be a huge asset to the club as they aspire to get back to where they belong. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Peter. Cheers, mate. Neil Kilkenny joining us here on Sports Day WA. Just apologies for the line where it just occasionally dropped out. But uh, good to see him back and no doubt he'll help uh, certainly at the community level when it comes to football. Of course, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. No doubt we're hoping that the Wildcats get back on the winners list away to the Adelaide 36ers uh, this coming weekend. It's a great atmosphere at RAC Arena, so jump on board with the Wildcats uh, today. Now, the Leg Up is Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. And tomorrow, we're looking at Ipswich Race 6 in Queensland, number 2, Hurt so good. Now, Group 1 winning hoop, Robbie Dolan is yet to ride a winner in Queensland since relocating to the Sunshine State at the start of the month, but he gets as good a chance as any in the sixth aboard the Mark Curry trained Hurt so good. The four-year-old son of So You Think was terrific first up in a $100,000 Class 1 at the Sunshine Coast, hitting the line strongly to run fourth behind the group place Thelwell and talented Tribeca star over 1,000 metres. Now, stepping up to 1,350 metres is far more in this bloke's wheelhouse. And although still in Class 1 company, this is a much uh, weaker race than what he contested last start. So he should be winning this. You can get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fast-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. And just before I go, Beaumont Tiles, as you know, and you may have heard us talk about it, is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12th and you're in with a chance TNCs apply. Up next, it's the Lids Fly on SEN Track 657. All other stations, uh, you're off to the global game. Thanks very much to Hita, my panel operator, and Jimmy, my executive producer, This has been Sports Day WA. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. I'll catch you tomorrow from 5 right here on SENWA.